If we write books with a deep sense of responsibility, believing that the book is written for our future selves to read in the next life, then perhaps there would be fewer falsehoods in the world. And if the knowledge created within human civilization was such that its creator could honestly answer why it was conceived, then the culture shaped by this knowledge would not lead humanity astray. This quote might be a bit lengthy, but it came about while I was reflecting. I was searching for the why behind my own actions, which became the starting point for writing my book. We are Buddhists, but if we don't aspire for Nirvana, how should we navigate our lives without going astray? Thanks to the 10th Galama Sutta left by the Buddha, which states, Do not believe even if I myself said it, according to the Dharma transmission of Phra Dharma Kosakarya or Buddha Dasa Bhikkhu. How do we build our knowledge if we don't aim for Nirvana? The aforementioned knowledge quote is from my own creation. This message was conceived from the decision to write a book for myself in this and future lives nearly 20 years ago. Given my current perspective that in this lifetime, I have no desire to teach anyone anymore. All I can do is write. I write books and leave them for my future self to read in the next life. But this act also serves as a form of merit for others. Don't let your subconscious mind dismiss this vital information before your mind and soul reject the existence of this truth. Read before the meaning of your life is lesser, unlocking the secrets to a meaningful existence. Chapter 4. Our Knowledge Building Mechanism Part 2. Let's explore the modern process further. Scientists who uncover scientific truths acquire knowledge. Rusuk, feel it. Kid, think it. And Ru, know it. Rusuk, kid, ru The process that takes place in the science path will happen that what he knew was true, not true, so he was skeptical, it became a hypothesis. Doubt leads to notice and through careful observation, one can summarize and gather scientific facts, transforming them into further knowledge. Let's go back to our normal self. Have some knowledge that is acquired through a process of personal rusuk. Feel, kid, think, then ru, know. Most of the knowledge we possess is gained from others, and we absorb it as we navigate through life, encountering and interacting with the world around us. It becomes the knowledge of other people floating around. We walk and bump into the ear's eyes and we collect it. Therefore, we must use a process that is opposite to those who discover these truths. Whether it is the Buddha, Newton, Einstein or anyone else who can create knowledge on their own. The reverse process is taking knowledge, Ru, into thinking. Think, kid, until you feel rusuk like it is. Ru, kid, rusuk. If we carefully consider, we will know whether the knowledge is a fact or just an opinion. The caution lies in how we can determine if the knowledge we acquire is appropriate and applicable to the present. Uncle said that uncle was a good disciple of the Buddha because uncle does not believe but uncle is not stubborn. Not believing and stubbornness in this aspect is very different. But they are very close, just close. Are we listening and hearing or hearing but not listening? Back to the process when we take the knowledge of other people that float into our data in order to think about whether we feel that way or see that the second step think is an important step. What do you think that will lead us to feel that it's true or not that true? Even in the process that the Buddha used, how did he think from what you touch and rusuk feel until it became a great knowledge the essence that has been left to us for more than 2,500 years. One step in the process of thinking, the uncle teaches the basics simple and easily. That we should be able to practice together is 
Back to the content in the previous chapter, let us try to summarize the content from the previous section and create a diagram in our heads. A diagram represents the understanding we gain from the knowledge that the uncle conveyed in chapter 3. We can transform this understanding into a visual representation, a diagram or information. In this context, let's now use the word information, although I don't quite understand the exact meaning appropriate for this step, as it emphasizes the importance of understanding the basic steps before delving into the intricate details of thinking. Typically, the uncle would use the term data at this stage to ensure a clear understanding of the crucial foundational steps before exploring the intricate thought processes in the upcoming volumes. Uncle wants us to practice reflecting on the knowledge that others have passed on to us. Once we receive it as data, what do we see? Then we take what we see and consider, think about it. We really feel that way, is it really so? Uncle doesn't initially provide us with a diagram in my head because I want us to practice. I want us to reflect and see for ourselves if the information Uncle conveys is accurate, clear and correct. Is it on point? We will have the opportunity to practice listening because listening is different from waiting to speak. Often Uncle encounters people who only wait to speak rather than truly listening. Take a moment to reflect and consider whether we are someone who listens or the ones waiting to speak. If one truly knows oneself, they would not contribute to the growing number of people who cannot listen but merely wait to speak, which already exists in our society. Once uncle sees our diagram or listens to us, uncle will know what we already know, and ready to know anything. This is an attitude that uncle must convey to all educational staff in his uncle's learning center so that they can practice it themselves. Otherwise, people in general without practice tend to listen in order to find that the other person does not know anything. Once we have the diagram, which corresponds to the knowledge conveyed to us, we can then consider whether it's true or not. The key to this evaluation is to eliminate our biases from the process. Don't forget to take the two pills from the previous chapter. Take the two pills from the previous chapter and then every time something comes to your senses, thinks and feels, first consider why you feel that way. Do this over and over again, why you feel that way, and you'll see things more clearly. Try to create a diagram or explain from your understanding of Chapter 3. Send it to me at mihwajajmail.com. Or anyone can provide explanations or ask questions related to the topics in Chapter 3. People who use the thinking process can perceive more than ordinary individuals. They can see things that others cannot see. For example, Newton saw the force of gravity, and the Buddha saw greed, anger, and delusion. It blends together to become something we Rusuk feel when something impacts our minds. Our own cognitive mechanism, roughly in a general sense that we can grasp, Uncle probably doesn't have to say which neurotransmitter, such as sodium or potassium, and how they work to transmit electrical signals in our bodies to the brain. This is because even Uncle myself did not yet know in detail that Uncle felt the electric current running in his own body. Or Uncle hasn't talked about the mind or the Dharma state that we haven't touched yet. Let's consider the mechanism that we, normal people in the capitalist era like us, having the opportunity to touch Rusuk, Kid, Ruru, Kid, Rusuk, go back and forth. This is enough. Uncle didn't want to tell us that sometimes, if we train ourselves to know ourselves more and more carefully, we may not be sure. Sometimes we might say that, when we feel like thousands of butterflies are fluttering inside our chest. When certain people enter our thoughts, 
we may be able to discern whether it's because we miss them or they miss us. Or if we delve deeper, we will know that when we have feelings for someone, is that feeling a desire to love them or just want love from them? May our consciousness work towards the true meaning of ourselves. Uncle May JD, in an era flooded with vast volumes of information, it's more crucial than ever to possess the ability to discern truth from fiction. As streams of data surge around us like tumultuous waves in an endless sea, a lone individual amidst a deluge of scattered information is attempting to find their way. The ability to navigate these waters becomes paramount. Without the vital skill to separate genuine information from falsehoods, our life's trajectory can be severely affected. As beautifully articulated in the truth quote from the book, read before the meaning of your life is lesser on page 204. In an era overloaded with information and a plethora of news, if we cannot revive such a skill, how are we to distinguish what is true from what is false? Reviving the human skill of creating knowledge is paramount for people to maintain the essence of life. This allows us to independently discover what is true or false. It is imperative not to be dismissive. Don't let your subconscious mind cast aside this crucial knowledge before your very essence rejects the reality of our current predicament. Don't let your subconscious mind dismiss this vital information before your mind and soul reject the existence of this situation. Let us not forsake the opportunity to seek solutions to this pressing issue. Read before the meaning of your life is lesser.